We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. Receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Exodus 33, the presence of God was so tangible that the Bible says that each man will stand at his tent door. Every man will stay at his tent door and literally see the presence live. Physically. Somebody say physically. Say physically. They will stand and see, see the presence of God over the tent of meeting. Each man will stand. Thank you. Each man will stand and see the presence. Most to the presence commune with God as a man talks to a friend and come out of the presence. Hello? And the Bible says, he came out of the presence, but Joshua remained there. That's a message for another day. It's on there. Joshua doesn't come out of the tabernacle. He's there in the presence, staying in the presence. So when we sing the one song, <laughs> dwelling in your presence, feasting at your table, you know, <laughs> take me to the place where you are. I just want to be with you. Sometimes I wonder if we understand the theology of what we say. Because the more you, the more you realize you don't know. I look at people who feel like they know the Bible and I shake my head. Because if you really, if you really are thirsty about God, the more you read it, the more you realize you don't know it. And then you walk with God and you read the scripture and it's new every day. Every day. It's completely different. These guys are in the physical presence of God, Moses and Joshua. And he wears a veil to cover his face and talks with the children of Israel. Further down, chapter 33 of Exodus, Moses now picks a conversation with God. He says, hey, so God, you have told us, you are taking us to the promised land, <laughs> but you have not told us who will go with us, who you will send with us. And Well, I will send an angel with you. And Moses says, I'm sorry, sir. Angel is not going to work. It was the angel that brought us through the Red Sea or brought us through all the lands of the right and right, Perizzites, Canaanites, Jebusites. And he makes a categorical, categorical request. And he says, if your presence does not go with us, here, my question to everybody here is, which other presence did Moses want? That's why I gave you the background in 33. Moses used to enter the physical in the picture. He enters the physical presence of God and comes out. Joshua stays there. And he said, if your presence does not go with us, and I'll be, I'll be fine with an angel. I've said this here before. And Moses rejects the angel outright. It was that. 
Then you understand what Hebrews means when he says that angels themselves are servants to us. Ministry to the heirs of salvation. Now why the angels are asking, what is man? They are mindful of it. Because the, the, the position we occupy with God, angels covet it. And he says, if your presence does not go with us, we're not going. Then God says, okay, Moses, my presence will go with you. You'd have thought that's the end of the conversation. Moses, okay, that's fine. Um, but I want more. Show me your glory. God is like, what's wrong with this one? Nobody can see my face and live. And I've taught it here before. Book. Moses did not ask to see God's face. Moses said, show me your glory. God said, you can't see my face. Moses said, show me your glory. God said, you can't see my face. Moses said, show me your glory. God said, you can't see my face. Every single translation renders it the same way. So when Moses asked, show me your glory, what God heard was, show me your face. So the glory of God is the face of God. What does the face signify? Identity. Your face looks familiar. I saw someone that looks like, right? So your face is your identity. So when God, when Moses said, show me, God heard was show me what makes you you. Is anybody getting the say? What God heard was show me or give me what makes you. And God said, Momo. You can't see because no one can see my face and live. No one can come into the fullness of the essence of God and stand it. If, if God's face is his glory and his glory is his identity and his identity is what makes him God, then you can of God and remain not even the same, alive. You die. You, it's not a matter of remaining the same. This is you becoming God. And God says, if you know it, you, if you get there, you'll die. I mean, Elijah wakes up from nowhere. In 1 Kings 17. And he says, there shall be no rain or dew. Henceforth. He didn't say in the name of Jesus. He said, according to my, except at my word. Then he catches 850 men, one man. And kills 854, 50, about 400 of Asherah or Asherah. None of them escapes. God sends transport for him. Elijah, come home. Do you understand what I just said? Elijah, Tabdu. Just, I'm sending transport for you. Business class, eh? Just come home. Enoch walked at a dimension with God, operated into God. 
He just was not. And then Moses said, I want what makes you you. God said, you can't see it. But, but I will hide you in the cloud by you. And you will see my back. On my face. How, man of God, Exodus 34. How is God, God hid you in the cleft of a rock, right? But the God that is passing covered Moses with his hand. Annie. How is he passing from eternity past to eternity to come? But he hides Moses, covers Moses. Has anybody ever thought of it? I will cover you with my hand while, while. I, and some of you think you know God. How is God hiding a man and passing by? And the hand did not stay back to cover. He was still fully covered and God still fully passed by. How are you engraved on the power of his hand and the earth and the earth is his footstool? And God passes by, hides him with his hand and then makes matters worse, worships himself. Declares his own goodness. Declares his own greatness. And Moses sees the back of God. The first book of Moses. But Moses is not born until a few chapters into Exodus. How did Moses write Genesis? Because when God said, I will, you will see my back, when he passed by, what Moses saw was the back of the part of God that was eternity past. The part that Moses could afford and not be God. The part of God that Moses could see and stay alive. God could afford for Moses to see eternity past. But could not afford for Moses to see eternity to come. His face. So God passes by, takes off his hand and moves Adam. This is creation. This is Noah. This is the flood. This is the genealogy. Enoch, Cain, and Abel. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. All of that he sees as God passes by. That's how Moses could write. Genesis. Because essentially God took him back to the beginning. Anyway, I said all of that to say this. 2 Corinthians 3. Paul begins to draw a parallel with that glory. As awesome as, that was awesome. First of all, a physical presence you could 
see a presence that went with you, pillar of fire by day, um, pillar of uh, cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, went with you. God says, I'm going with you. God shows you everything that makes him him. And Moses was of his game. I mean, Jesus is appearing on the Mount of Transfiguration. And it's still the same two terrorists that are there, Moses and Elijah. <laughs> it's the same too. That was a dispensation that they didn't have Jesus. Go back to verse 14 or 15 of that verse, of that chapter. Actually. Verse 12. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Uh-huh. Unlike Moses. So Moses didn't as we should have of speech. Who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Stay on this. Just stay here. I just described an awesome glory, right? One man standing and seeing all of God from when God allowed time to begin. Did you hear what I just said? Let, let, let. So you could say that in his dispensation, there was no one that walked with God like Moses did. Hello? In his time. No. No. And that glory, as grand as it was, Paul says, it was the end of what was passing away. So while the children of Israel and you and I were in awe of such a glory, hello, Moses was crying because he knew it was fading. And what was coming And Moses would not see it. Because together with us, are you understanding what I'm saying? So we much cover your face. But it was Moses saying, this doesn't equate to what is coming. Verse 14. But their minds, the Israel's minds were blinded. For till this day, Israelites, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. That's another thing. <laughs> because the veil is taken away in Christ, right? Verse 15. But even to this day, the veil lies on their hearts. That's why, hold it, that's why in John 3, Nicodemus, who was the teacher, came to God and in verse 10, Jesus asks him, are you the teacher of Israel? That's because each time Moses is read the books of the Lord, the Torah, the Pentateuch, there is still. Oh, Jesus. Is anybody getting what I'm. <laughs> Verse 16. Their minds were blinded for until this day, the same veil remains. 16, 16. You went back to 14. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil. Galatians 3, 
talks about how the law was given to hold us in custody. Yeah? Until Christ. So that when Christ comes, those that believe and receive him are freed unto him. So the law was given to hold us in bondage until Christ comes. That's why when one turns the veil is taken away. 17. One was there. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Verse 18 is where I'm going. But we all, and somebody say, but we all. Say, but we all. Means that there's a difference between us and them. Because them, to this day, the veil is still there. Do you understand this so far? But we, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being King James, please. <laughs> King James are being or are changed into the same image. All I heard this evening was the same image. That's all I heard, the same image. We all are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Let me pick one thing straight away that you become what you see. You become. So tell your neighbor, careful what you see. Careful what you see. Because you become what you see. The law of replication. And then it says, we all with open face. So because covered, because it was marking the end of what was passing or what was fading. But we all, in a better place, come before this glory with an unveiled face. So what they could not see, we can see. What they couldn't step into, we could step into. So the height of Moses' revelation should be the least of my revelation. Only four people understand this thing I just said. When Moses ended his well. Only very few people will catch what I'm saying tonight. And if you do, it will change your life. Imagine the heights that Moses walked in. That God said, speak to the rock. And Moses, carnal anger, struck the rock and God still answered and water still came. Where the carnality of a man was still working the goodness of God. Where the carnality of a man was still working the goodness of God. I just said, where God comes to come upon the people and Moses say, hey, God. Why? 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 What would that you brought them out and you couldn't take them to the promised land so you want to keep them? No, calm down. That was the level that Moses walked with God. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Calm down. God was 
times of the children of Israel than at any other time in history. And Moses was always the go-between. God will always tell Moses, Moses, step aside. Let me dig. So for God to come upon the children of Israel, he had to make sure Moses was not. So Moses was some sort of mediator, if you may, of the old covenant. That's why in Numbers, when that thing went up, Jesus himself began to quote and say, just as Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, so also the son of man ought to be lifted up. So Moses was a type, if you may, of Christ in the old Mediator between God and man. Bridge between God and man. But Moses, what he enjoyed was the end. You know, it's one thing to say, God, what Moses enjoyed was passing. It's different. But he says it was the end of... So even what Moses enjoyed had passed. Moses, it was the end that Moses was getting into. It was... Left... It was the end of what was passing. But we, no veil, because the veil is torn, the veil is taken away, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So first of all, our new covenant experience it. By virtue of your new covenant, you are supposed to see the glory. Do you understand what I just said? covenant experience, a new covenant reality, we are supposed to be beholding the face of God, the glory of God, the essence of God. That's one. Two, we are supposed to be changed exact image of what we behold. So every time we contact God, we become more like him. Even though we are like him. First John, mark the scripture, First John 4, 18. I love that scripture. First John 4, 18. Is anybody getting anything? Anybody, you know, but that's fine. <laughs> um, go to 17, let's see 17. Yeah, 17. Give me, give me New King James or any other um, modern translation. Love has been... Uh, give, a, give, give me Nick and James and KJV. Love has been perfected among us in this way that we may have boldness in the day. Come read that next line from because everybody want to go. Read it again. Personalize it. You failed it. Personalize it again. No, so oh, two people have gotten it. Because as he is, so I is. In this world. The question is, is you like him? you finish laughing the question is waiting for you to answer that is what I ask myself every day because the goal is to be 
he is. Forgive me, I'm not an English major, but there's a difference between like something or as something. Like means you look. It's a semblance of. As means you're made of the same essence, cut from the same cloth as. Am, am, am I making sense? So we're not like, we're not just like him. We are as him. Isn't that consistent with what he said in Genesis 1? Let us therefore now make man in our, what's the word? Second Corinthians 3, go back there. Is this, is this coming together for anybody? How did he create you in his image? So you are already as he is. But when you behold the glory, you are changed into the image that's at you. And you become like him from glory to glory. As by the spirit. If we are meant to be a direct reflection of Christ, where have we got it wrong? If we are meant to be the same image as the Godhead. And a lot of times I ask myself questions like, what would, in this situation, really, what would Jesus do? What would he do? Somebody upsets you and you want to just take them and throw them Has anybody felt like that? What would a Christ-like person do? I haven't got time to go into all of this. It's it's growing in my heart as I speak. But one of the ways of of coming in contact with the glory of God is worship. Because worship is a conduit for releasing the glory, right? Right? Worship releases the glory. So if worship releases the glory and we all agree, then it, it follows that every time we worship, come into, we should have that glory reflected at us and we should be changed into the same image. So in reality, worship should change you. That's where I was going. Tell anybody worship should change you. Because when you worship, you come into the glory of God. You behold, you see, you, you contact the glory. And what it does is it changes you to become of what you see because you become what you see. You become what you see. And so we have a bunch of people who are who are leading or facilitating the worship but are not being changed because they are not beholding the glory. We have to come into that glory and contact it for ourselves and behold, beholding it, become like it, being changed, transformed. The Greek word metamorphomai, from which you get metamorphosis, from which you get not just evolving such that you don't look like what you evolved from. Do you understand? What's the stage again from the egg to the cocoon to the to the caterpillar to the what's it again? Pupa. And then from that to what's the order? Let's start from from the egg to the lava. So how does the bottom 
caterpillar. At what point in looking at a caterpillar do you have the faith that this looks like it's going to end up a butterfly? There's no semblance. Right? Semblance. That is the meaning of metamorphosis. Becoming something else that is completely different to who you were. The Greek word used there in chapter, in verse 18 metamorphosis. So as you're, as you're beholding the image of the glory, you are becoming a version of God that has no reference point to where you're coming from. Are you, are you getting this at all? So, so if you contact God today, it should transform you to become a totally different version of who you were yesterday. So if your issues continue to last all the glory, you are beholding a different thing. If your attitude continues to stink after every session of worship, you are beholding a different image. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? If you continue to, I am not talking to you. You, you will tell before I forgive you. You are not beholding. Because worship changes you. Tell your neighbor. The same image. So where it's a direct reflection of where your loyalty lies. Where you are now is a reflection of what you are seeing. You cannot be different to what you are seeing. Because you become what you see. Is there malice in God? In the glory? Is there strife in the glory? Is there sickness in the glory? Is there depression in the glory? Is there stagnation in the glory? So the question is, what are you beholding? Because that is what is informing what becoming. What you are beholding is what informs what you are becoming. You become what you behold. So if you can go home and sleep, not care that for those of you that believe us, the, the, the trumpet sounds now. Some of you have forgotten that that trumpet is going to sound. We have actually, some of us have forgotten that there's a trumpet. You know Christians are living now like the rapture is olden days news. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like it's, it's, it's a cake in that gospel. Come on, don't scare us. God doesn't want to, he wishes that nobody should perish, but some will perish. And you don't want to be on the perishing side of God. You don't want to. And we have forgotten that we are supposed to be like he is. As he is. What are you beholding? And there's bickerings, works of the flesh going on among us, Things that Paul says, let these things not even be heard among you. Shouldn't be heard among you. When we reduce the 
to that of corruptible man. You become what you behold. And I preach this to myself every day. Because if you are not Christ-like, you are not Christ. You can't belong to him if you are not as he is. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I don't care how long you've been born again. Or against. Because if you're not born again, you're born against. Jesus said, who is not for us? It's against us. And then another time again, he said, who is not against us? It's for us. You know the story? When they came back, I said to him, we saw somebody casting demons in your name. What should we do? Should we stop it? Jesus said, no. Who is not against us? It's for us. You can't be Christ if you're not Christ-like. And our goal as believers, every time we come to God in worship, the same image. Say the same image. Can we say the same image? For you are changed into the same image. Can we say that again? The same image. The same image. The same. The same. The same image. How Jesus sounds should not be different to how you sound. How Jesus thought because Paul says, let this mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, be in you. So the mind you should have is the mind of all things because we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind, which was in Christ, be in you. So there should be no difference between how Christ will process information and how you process information. Hello? You would deal with someone and how you would deal with someone. But that is the consciousness of changing the image of what you behold. Do you understand what I'm saying? And every day the challenge is for you to look at yourself and look at Christ. How much of his image am I compatible with? Is this helping anybody? And whenever I hear domestic violence, sexual harassment, blah, blah, blah in church, I just know that we are beholding a different image. Hello? And I've been there. Some of you won't tell, I've been there, minister, married, and had moral indiscretions. I've been there. Fell flat on my face. I had to pick myself up because I realized I, I took my face off the image. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Took my eyes off the image. Can happen to anybody. But you're constantly mirroring yourself. Put that scripture back on the screen, please. Second Corinthians 3:18. Constantly mirroring yourself after the same image. And so my challenge to us tonight, for, for as many of you as have caught this message, and I know that everybody has. Just a few. But the challenge is that you can go away and ask yourself, of the glory, am I even beholding? Because the issue is not becoming. You, you cannot become until you behold. To refuse to become it if you have beheld it. If you are struggling, it's because you haven't encountered God. You haven't encountered God. So the issue is, what am I beholding? What version?
fashion of the image am I saying? What matters most to me? And then you realize that the things you're struggling with, you suddenly cease to struggle with. Because you're becoming what you are beholding. 1 John 4, 18. 17 rather. Same scripture I showed you before. As we close. Love is made perfect in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we. As perfect as he is, so are we. As righteous as he is, as blameless. Because everything that Christ was, was taken and imputed to us. Do you understand? So there should be no difference. God doesn't see you any different to how he sees Christ. Did you hear what? No difference. But the question is, are you in the image that is consistent with who Christ is? I'm not sure what to say. I'm not sure what you should pray. How to end this. I'm not sure what song to sing. I'm not sure if to ask you to bow your heads. I'm not sure if to ask you to rise on your feet. I'm not sure if to ask you to... to But our problem is a problem of what we're seeing, what we're beholding. So just respond to God. I don't know how you're going to do that tonight. But if this is if this is cut through to anybody, just just talk to God right now. I don't know what you should tell Him. It's between you and Him. I've been as open with you about my own life. I've told you my experiences. I've told you His Word. Talk to Him. Don't hide it with a song. I beg you. Talk to Him. Talk to him. We will become like him. If we're not like him, it's because we don't see him. You can be a music director, a singer, a worship leader, a reverend. You can be a bishop. You could have been born again for 30 years. It doesn't matter who you are. become like him. If I see him, I'll become like him. What do you see? Who do you see? How do you see? What image are we beholding, church? What image are we beholding? What image are we beholding? Is it the same image? Then we should look like it. We should look like it. We should act like it. Like it. We should give like it. We should worship like it. We should pray like it. We should forgive like it. We should behave like it. We should comport ourselves like it. Same image. We should be honest like it. Be truthful like it. Be committed like it. Be sold out like it. That same image. Beholding as in a mirror. Where the presence of God is reflected to you. And you can see it in you. And see yourself in it.
being a Christian is about. You can't do what you're told. You can't sit where you're told. You can't come when you're told. You can't pray when you should. When you should. You can't praise how you should. What image are you beholding? The word of God offends you. What image are you beholding? The word of God annoys you. What image are you beholding? Your heart. What image are you beholding? You gossip about people in church. What image are you beholding? You listen to the gossip. What image are you beholding? There's no difference between he or she who gossips and he or she who listens. There's no God consciousness. There's no presence consciousness. There's no passion for the things of God. We always have an excuse. Because what we behold is faulty. So what we become is faulty. What we behold is faulty. So what we become is faulty. Image. That same image. 2 Corinthians 3.18. I want us to read that scripture out loud. Um, I don't know why. I, but I feel led to ask all of us to read it. Maybe for somebody, it's as read it now that it comes into your heart. Just maybe when you hear yourself saying it. Um, and if you can know it or memorize it, it would be great. It would be great. If you don't know it up here, know it. Know it. Know it. Can we go? One, two, go. But we all... With open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let's do it again. One to go. But we are with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. A third time. But we all, with open beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That is our testimony from tonight. Story from tonight. That we are changed as we behold from glory to to glory the same image turn to your neighbor on your left and right and tell them the same image the same image the same the same the same image this concludes this message thank you for listening and we hope it has been a blessing to you for inquiries and further information please send us an info at the basileacommission.org or visit our social media platforms.